Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. You know, our new series is all about trying to navigate successfully and effectively uh, into a new year. And we've talked about how it is possible that you and I can experience the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. I mean, how you can right now in this room while you're sitting here or watching online, you could describe some of the wonderful things that are happening in your life, blessings, family, finance, job. I mean, you could go through a list of things and you could say, God has blessed me in these ways. And to be very honest with you, I don't think there's anyone in the room this morning who could indict God. He's been good to all of us in so many different ways. And so we can easily recount areas of life and ways in which you and I are blessed right now. But at the very same time, while you're sitting in that chair in your sanctified self, (laughs) you could also find ways in which you're very burdened. On one hand, you're blessed. On the other hand, you're burdened. Everybody in the room's going through something. Everybody's navigating through something. No perfect people. Everybody's having to deal with issues. So I'm just suggesting to you the series is all about how to navigate the best of times and the worst of times when they come at the same time. And I found in my life, and I want to challenge you to this reality, that since there is so much in life that is out of our control, I mean, so many things that happen to us that we have absolutely no control over, we cannot control that, but what we can control is how we respond to those things, how we adapt and how we adjust. And so this message in this series is really about teaching us how to control what we can control. And there are some things you absolutely and I absolutely can control. We started last week by talking about the idea we can control the thoughts we think. We can. God in his infinite wisdom designed you and I to come into this world head first. (laughs) And I think if you go from one environment into the next, if you have a better year in 20 than you had in 19, you're gonna go head first. Your mind is going to lead you. Your thoughts are going to be ahead of you. Our minds are so significant. In fact, they are the most powerful thing God gave us is our ability to think. And it's so important, as we talked about last week, to think about what we think about. Because ultimately, you and I will go in the direction of our thoughts. And so, since we are going to try to move into a new year head first, and since we're going to try to control the thoughts that we think that are so significant, we need to understand what the result of that is. And the first result of it is, is what I'm going to talk about this morning, is it impacts the words we speak. We are in charge not only of the thoughts we think, but you and I are in charge of the words that we speak. Now the text for our series is John 10, 10. It says on one hand you have the enemy uh, who by the way is relentless. He never gives in, never gives out, never gives up. You coming to church didn't scare him at all. (laughs) If he's not already working on you while you're in here, he'll hit you on the lobby or in the car on the way home. He never gives up, he is relentless. The Bible says in 2 Peter 5, 7, be sober, think clearly, be vigilant, stay on your toes. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. 
If you've ever watched one of the National Geographic specials on how lions will stalk their prey, you get an idea of what the writer had in mind uh, when he talked about the devil as a lion. That lion will hide in the tall grass and he will spot what he's going for and he will wait until the animal he's going to attack is either injured or weak or vulnerable and at the worst possible time for that animal, the lion pounces. Can I tell you, I have people who walk into this building every weekend that are struggling emotionally, that are hurting physically, that are uh, distressed somewhat spiritually and there is an enemy in the tall grass who's observing you So he says, think clearly, think clearly. Stay on your toes, you've got an enemy. John said he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But in the very same verse, I love what Jesus said. He said, but in contradistinction to that, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So which will it be? Is it going to be a situation where I'm going to succumb to kill, steal, and destroy, or am I going to succumb to life and life abundantly? And I come back to kind of the thesis, and that is the idea that I'm in control of that. You're in control of that. And a large outcome is determined by the thoughts we think and by the words we speak. Let me give you another verse to consider this morning. It's in Proverbs. It's a great verse that helps us understand the value and the power of words. Proverbs 18.21. The Bible says the tongue has the power. Let me stop long enough to say that's so true. Our tongues have great power. We have an incredible ability to speak, and we have an incredible ability to create with the words that we speak. So our tongues have power. And he goes on to say, here's what they have the power to do. They have the power of life and death. Now remember John 10, 10? The enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy. You could call that death. He said, but I, come, I came that you might have life, life to the full. So here again is that contradistinction between life and death. And he's saying in John 10, 10, he said, that's the choice we make between life and death. And now he's saying the power of our words is the power to give life or to give death. So our words have enormous power. And he goes on to say, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Uh, Have you ever heard the expression, you're going to have to eat your words? (laughs) Well, since that's true and that's what he's talking about there, make sure they're sweet. (laughs) You'll choke down some bitter jokers from time to time. So you wanna try to make sure your words are sweet because our words are naturally the byproduct of how we are are thinking. Now, this is incredible because last week I said your mind is the most powerful thing God's given you. Your mind, listen, has the power to change you. My mind has the power to change me. Proverbs 23, seven. As one thinks in their heart, so will they be. We said you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. So mind, my mind, your mind, your thinking, our thinking has the power to change us. But listen to what our words do. Our words have the power to change other people. Our words have the power to give life or to give death to other people. So this is how significant this is. And this is how incredible this is that my thinking will affect uh, my my, uh, outlook on life and my thinking will affect my speaking. So with that in mind, I wanna give you three thoughts to kind of hang our our message on a little bit. And first of all, consider the source, the source of our words, where our words come from. Now, I don't mean by that the etymology of a word, uh, where you try to find where that word originated. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where do the words that I speak, where do those words originate from? When you interact with someone, where do those words, what are the source, what is the origin of those words? You ever use this expression, I was just thinking out loud? 
You ever say that? I was just thinking out loud. We call that something else. We call it talking. (laughs) When you talk, that is thinking out loud. That's what happens when you talk because our words are the expression of our thoughts. We speak what is in our mind, what is in our heart. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Someone says, well, Bill, you don't don't know my thoughts. You can't read my mind. Eh, sorta. Well, no one knows my heart. You cannot read my heart. Well, a little bit we can. If I hang around you a lot and I listen to what, what dominates your conversation, it's going to tell me what you're thinking about. If your conversation is negative, if it's profane, if it's going in that direction, then that kind of tells me where your heart is. On the other hand, if your conversation is positive and it's uplifting and you find good things and and, and even in bad circumstances, that tells me a little bit where your heart is. Now, I'll tell you this morning, none of us do that perfectly. None of us. We're all gonna drift, we're gonna get it right, we're gonna get it wrong. We're gonna say good things and we're gonna say bad things. We're gonna say things from time to time we wish we could pull back. I told you before, I don't believe everything I've ever said. <laughs> and you're gonna have things in your life that are gonna come along and you're, you're, you're just gonna be shocked by what you say. Uh, it's important, however, that you say it uh, because I had a psychologist friend one time tell me, he said, if you can get people to talk about all they think about, most of the time they won't believe what they heard themselves say. So when you leave your, 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 your uh, thoughts, when you, when you close them off to scrutiny or to accountability, then oftentimes our thoughts can drift negatively because of our old nature and take on a life of their own. So you have to have safe people in your life that you can kind of share with them what you're thinking about to allow you to kind of check your thinking. Have you ever used that expression? Hey, check my thinking on this. Well, you need safe people to do that with, Right? Because sometimes our thinking isn't right and our thinking is not sanctified. So you have to have close people, safe people, people who love you, people you can trust to say, hey man, check me on my thinking. My thinking may be crazy about this. So it's important because our thoughts are the source of our communication. It is the source of our language. So there is this (laughs) mind-mouth connection. That's why when you're hurt and you're going through something difficult in your life, it'll be reflected in your speech. It's hard for it not to be. And if you don't deal with those things that are hurtful and the things in your life that are difficult, then what will come out of your mouth is, is hurtful, hateful stuff. And what will happen if you don't deal with the things that are bothering you, those things that have gotten into your heart and are affecting your spirit, eventually you'll use language that not only affects you, it'll affect other people. And a lot of times it'll affect people that don't even know you that well. It's called road rage. (laughs) It's whenever I have an anger issue and some complete stranger triggers me and what was in me suddenly came out of me because they affected what I've been percolating, what I've been thinking and marinating and meditating on in my heart and mind. So I have to gauge my heart. I have to, as the Bible says, guard my heart. And again, you're gonna get hurt. Jesus said, it is not possible to live this life and not be offended. Now, don't be easily offended. My dad used to say, if you don't want your little feelings hurt, don't have little feelings. (laughs) Have bigger feelings. Some people are just offended at everything. Just offended all the time. They just get offended, right? So, So don't be easily offended, but I'm saying it's not possible to go through life without being offended. Uh, well, the alarm goes off. Was that offensive? 
That alarm this morning going on, isn't that an offensive thing? The alarm goes off. Hate that. Go outside and it's really cold, offensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you, you cannot go through life without being offended. Well, the, 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 the challenge is that you deal with it in a healthy way. Uh, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, 15, get this. He said, be careful that a root of bitterness isn't planted in your spirit. A root of bitterness. Now, where does that come from? Disappointment. It comes from uh, betrayal. It comes from the uh, hate, uh, hurt uh, that you experience from someone else. And all of a sudden through that experience, because I didn't process it properly, I didn't talk about it healthy, it got, it, 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 instead it, it took root in my spirit. And he said, Be, beware lest any root of bitterness. And what happens is when you have a root of bitterness, you get the fruit of bitterness. He said, it springs up in you. And when you read Hebrews 12, 15, he says, when that happens, it not only affects you, it affects other people. Man, have you ever known anyone, they were sweet at one point in life and now they're just bitter? I found in my life, that's really a choice. I can tell you with the home going of Cindy and having to process through hurt and having to process through pain and having to process through anger, there were times when I just didn't talk about everything. Because everything that would come out of me in that moment might not be real sanctified and it might not build anyone up. And I'm saying you're gonna have moments like that. It's called being human. You're gonna have moments when you're going to experience certain things and so you have to pray for wisdom. God help me to know when I need to be quiet and when I need to speak, when, it, when I need to process what I'm thinking and when I need to just simply, um, you know, I just need to give some time for this to heal a little bit in my heart. You, you gotta have some wisdom and discernment. But if you just let it set there and you just let that set on you, then what happens to that hurt is it develops roots in your spirit and eventually it is expressed through your words. You've heard the expression, hurt people hurt people. And that's true. You get somebody that's just flailing up here and they're swinging their arms and you can love them and you can be worried about them and you can run up and try to embrace them and say, man, I'm worried about you. And all of a sudden, man, they smack you upside the head. Well, they didn't intend to hit you. You were collateral damage. Now, that may not happen physically. It may happen verbally. You move into someone's life, someone you love, someone you care about, and you're catching them at a bad moment, and all of a sudden, they didn't intend you. You were collateral damage, but verbally, you got assaulted because these hurtful thoughts and hurtful hearts result in these hurtful words. But conversely, when my heart is healthy, then what comes out of me is healthy. So I'm just saying there's this source, there's this correlation, don't miss it. There's this mind-mouth connection and when my talk is drifting in a certain way, I don't, I don't mean one day I have a bad day and the next day I'm better. I mean, when you have a continuous pattern of negativity and a continuous pattern of hateful speech, you need to be open enough and honest enough to let someone who loves you enough tell you what is going on with you. This is not like you. And then you have to receive that and say, you know what? My thinking and my heart is not in a good place right now. Because if you don't deal with it, I'm telling you, it'll take root in your spirit eventually. So deal with these things. And understand, our speech has a source. I love what James said, James 3.10. He said, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. These things ought not so to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? 
And the answer to that rhetorical question is, uh-huh, it does. <laughs> My spring has uh, uh, spouted out bitter and sweet water. Has your spring done that too? Have you ever rolled out something? No, don't, you're in church, don't lie. Has something ever come out of your mouth that wasn't real sanctified? Yeah, look at you, three of you looking at me like I can't believe that you would even suggest that. We've all done that. James is saying, look, it shouldn't be the case, but it is the reality that sometimes good things and bad come out of the same mouth, bitter and sweet come out of the same mouth, but I just want you to, to, to not miss this, that the source of all that I'm speaking is coming from my thinking. Okay, now let's track and let's move to the next part of this. The source, secondly, will affect the discourse. The course of my conversation, coming, a source rather, coming from my heart, coming from my mind, affects my discourse. Now let me show you how this works for good and bad. If my discourse is, is negative or if my discourse is positive, let me show you the effect it has. The principle is in John chapter six and verse 63. Jesus was speaking of his words and he says words, get this, have the power to affect spirit and life. Now physically, if you're assaulted or you were to assault someone, then you could create some bruises and some damage and some soreness and it would heal in time. There's physical abuse. But when you assault someone verbally, particularly someone that loves you and trusts you and is open to you and someone that uh, loves you, when you go after someone like that, then he said our words affect spirit and life, right? Meaning that words go deeper. They go into your spirit. Now, physical, it affects the physical. Words affect the emotional, spirit, and life. Remember the little thing we heard growing up, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? That's not really true. Well, the part of sticks and stones breaking your bones is true. But the other part about words will never hurt me, that's not true. Jesus said words have the power, the power of the tongue, life or death. Words have the power to build someone up or to break someone down. And when those words, look, your words will come out of your mouth one of two ways, as bullets or seeds. <laughs> and when your words fly at, at somebody as a bullet to wound them, then the Bible is teaching in principle what happens to those words is it goes into their spirit. And it can affect their life. That's why we need to give great care and attention to what we speak. Somebody said that's why dogs teach us a valuable lesson. They wag their tails more than their tongues. Isn't that profound? I mean, that's why we have two ears and one mouth is because we should be listening twice as much as we talk. And I told the 9.30, and I'll tell you this morning, I have never learned anything when I was talking. Have you? I've never said something and said, man, I gotta write that down, that was profound. <laughs> I can't believe I said, that's, I'm gonna write that, I learned something right there. Not a thing. I hope you're getting something out of this <laughs> this morning. But I'm just saying that the point is that uh, when I'm speaking, I'm not really, I'm giving out something hopefully that I've studied and I have prepared for and hopefully I'm giving you information that will help you. That's what it's about. But the point I'm making is that we, we, we don't really learn anything when we are talking. That's why he talks about in one place in the scripture, let my, let my words be few, Right? That's why he said in the 141st Psalm, guard my heart and my mouth, 
set a watch on my mouth. Be careful with what I, I say. Matthew 12, 37, the Bible says, by your words on one hand, you can be condemned, and by your words on the other hand, you can be justified. Another way of putting that, you can talk yourself into trouble, and you can talk yourself out of trouble. <laughs> so be careful what you say. James 3 is a great chapter on this. If you want to really do a little deeper dive on it, I'd encourage you to read that chapter because he talks about our words like a rudder that can guide a vessel. Our words are like the bit in the mouth of a horse, powerful horse, and you can turn that animal through the bit. So he's saying your words are that way. They can give direction. Uh, they're great. They can give instruction. So there's life and death. We have the power, ladies and gentlemen, to bless or the power to curse. So it's important that we give attention to the, this condition of our heart because it will affect our words. And these words have powerful effects on the spirit and the lives of the people who hear it. Thirdly, let's tie it all together. When I understand the source of my words, how it affects the discourse of my conversation, then it challenges me, and I hope it challenges you, to set a new course, to set a new direction. And so I wanna close with how you do that. How, how do you set a new course that will help you kind of control what you say? When, when to speak, when not to speak, right? When to speak up, when to shut up. How, how do I have that discernment and that wisdom? Um, since it all begins with my thinking, and since Jesus said it comes out of my heart, then the most important thing that will affect my speech is to keep my heart in right relationship with God, with other people, and with my own accountability. Let me give it to you this way. Matthew 22, Jesus said the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Number two, love your neighbor, second relationship. And then he said, as yourself, third relationship. So have a healthy relationship toward God, toward other people, and have a healthy self uh, view, have a healthy self image. Uh, when he says love your neighbor as yourself, he's not talking about uh, some narcissistic weirdness. Narcissus was the Greek mythological figure that fell in love with his reflection in the pond. You ever knew anybody that says enough about me, now you talk about me. You ever know anybody like that? That's narcissism. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a healthy self image, meaning you're, 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 you're happy in your own skin. You're healthy in how you view yourself. Because if you're not healthy in how you view yourself, you're not gonna be healthy in how you view other people, and you're gonna be angry at God because he made you that way, right? So this is all tied together, this affects my heart. So when I am right with God, look, here's what I know. I cannot be right with God and stay wrong with someone else. You can't do it, he won't let you. Uh, conversely, you can't be wrong with God and be right with someone else. So I have to get this uh, relationship, fellowship thing with God, get that straightened out, and then I can work on my relationships with other people. And I can speak properly to other people and I can have a healthy relationship with other people. So I have this healthy relationship with God, I have this healthy relationship with other people, I have a healthy self-image, it affects my heart, and that's naturally going to be, a, look, it's a great filter to help me filter what comes out of my mouth. James 1.10, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. this is, here it is. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then he ties that together in Ephesians 4.29. Paul says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but what is necessary and good for building people up, that it may ultimately uh, impart grace to the hearers. That's the filter. 
So as I set a course for my conversation as I move into a new year, it involves my thinking that reflects my speaking. And I know, look, I'm gonna try to speak truth. I wanna try to do that. But the Bible says, and this is important, when I speak truth, Ephesians 4.15, I speak truth in love. Which begs the question, how do you then, Bill, have a hard conversation with someone that needs to be an honest conversation with someone that's not always positive? And you're gonna have that. Do you have kids? <laughs> Are you married? You in a relationship? You in business? <laughs> Because not everybody's as perfect as we are, so every now and then we're gonna have to encounter someone that you gotta kinda, you know, have a little hard conversation. How do you do that? How, how do you stay positive and how do you say good things and how, how, how do you do that? How does it come out the right way? How do I have a good conversation? And by the way, men are very different than handling this, I've discovered. Uh, uh, or, no, let me back up. Men are different at handling this, I didn't say better, uh, than women, we're different. Example, uh, 43 years of experience in marriage, I can tell you that when two men get upset at each other, a man can go nose to nose with another man, get grill to grill. You can tell that joker everything that's in your mind and heart. You can just unload on that dude. You can absolutely go off on him, go to Wanda on him, and all of a sudden, man, when you've said everything you're gonna say, one of the guys will look at the other and say, uh, you hungry? <laughs> Another guy will go, yeah, I'm hungry. You want to go eat? Let's go eat. And the, it's over, right, men? It's done. Nobody's mad at nobody. We're good. We got it all out. We're fine. Let me tell you what happens with the ladies. <laughs> if a lady goes nose to nose and grill to grill with another woman, or fellas, if you do that with another woman, there ain't going to be no lunch for a while. In fact, if you marry, there ain't going to be no nothing for a while. We handle this differently. But there is a way. Let, let me give you a very practical way. Just think about this. It's a fourfold way to handle a confrontation when it's necessary with somebody, you're in a relationship that you love and you want it to come out in a positive way. Number one, pick the right time. Pick the right time. And sometimes you have to plan for that. Pick the right time. Sometimes you have to walk away from something because it's not the right time, right? Uh, number two, not only pick the right time, but pick, pick the right turf, pick the right turf. This may not be the place to do that. When you're going to dinner with friends, for example. When you're hanging out with your pastor, for example. I mean, so find the right time, find the right turf. Thirdly, pick the right tone, the right tone. Now this is especially good for us guys because sometimes guys, you can say the right thing, but you say it with the wrong tone. And ladies, you got my back on this one. You, you can absolutely lose the, the uh, battle on that one. You, what, it wasn't what you said, she'll say, it is how you said it. Right, ladies? So you got the right time, you got the right turf, you got the right tone. Number four, the right topic. What do I mean by that? Attack the problem, not the person. Because when you're in some type of conflict, you want to attack, sometimes you drift over and you say, you always, or you never. Well, they're, you, they're not the problem. Well, why are we upset about? Let's come back to what the, what is the problem? This is the problem. They're not the problem. This is the problem. So I'm just suggesting you there is, there are ways where in our Christian walk with God and in trying to change the way we talk, we can handle some negative, hard, harsh, difficult things and do it in a, a good way. And I'm just suggesting to your heart this morning that I think God wants us to do it that way. I think it pleases him when we do it his way.
So let me challenge you as I wrap this talk up this morning to control what you can control. You can control your thoughts. And in doing that, you can control your speech. And we all have to work on it, don't we? It's a working process, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that never returns void. And Lord, sometimes your word is um, practical. It's, it just seems like it's just right there. Sometimes it's so powerful, it just blows us away. And so, Father, I, I pray that we just won't be, as James said, just be hearers of your word, but be doers of the word. Because we know when we do what your word says, we're effective. We can be successful. And the most significant area to be effective and successful in is in human relationships. The greatest resource in the world is other people. So help us, Lord, to guard our thoughts because it's going to affect our talk. And if we're in this pattern of just negativity and hateful speech, help us to receive that instruction from someone who knows us best and loves us. And help us to realize that that's coming from somewhere. It's coming from a, a heart that's hurting, maybe disappointment, maybe some injury, maybe some bitterness. So help us deal with the root of the problem. And then, Father, I pray you'll help every family, every person in this room, every single person in this room, every business representative of this room to have the absolute most incredible year we've ever experienced. The best of times, the worst of times at the same time. Finally, if there's one today who never trusted you as Savior, I pray they'll swallow the pride and right where they're sitting, they'll say, Lord Jesus, forgive my sin. With all that I know about me, I trust all that I know about you. Come into my life, be a reality in me. For those who need someone to pray for them, I pray they'll find their way here to the front. Let someone spend a few moments to pray for them before they go. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of knowing Jesus, for the joy it is to make him known. In your name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of your day and week. We'll see you back soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.